0: Alright, and welcome to episode 89 of the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty and Fantasy Podcast. I am your host Memphis at DFF Memphis, and with me as always is my tag team partner, that's right, Jerry, Jerry, Mr. Jerry Sinclair at JerrySendDFF, Jerry how's it going tonight?
1: It's good, and you're actually giving me a little PTSD from third grade. I couldn't walk down uh, the hallway without hearing that chant.
0: You know, I, I didn't think the, the Warzone listener is old enough to remember Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Maybe next time I'll, I'll come up with a Jerry Lewis drop, and they can throw Jerry Lewis in the Google machine. You, you having a good week up there in Michigan?
1: I'm good, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you my age. I couldn't tell you Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. I know he liked his cousin, but that's all I know about Jerry
0: Lewis. He used to host a really cool telethon on Labor Day, and my father used to make me watch it as a younger man uh, for hours and hours. When I say when I say like telethon, I mean like legit what Sal and Kevin and Steve at the FF Funhouse did during the Scott Fishbowl Potathon. Like this guy would be on TV for like thirty six hours straight ra- raising money for kids. So, uh, but enough about Jerry Lewis. So tonight's episode, episode number 89, is entitled Favorites and Fakes, and that is players that, as part of our redraft series, that we'll either do our best to make sure that we own on our redraft teams, and players that we probably won't have on our teams. Uh, I want to get to a little housekeeping before we go into the business aspect of it with our fine sponsors and our guest. But as far as Twitter trades go, so we're creeping up on the season. Uh, two weeks from Thursday kicks it off. If you want a simple retweet of your trade, just tag the show handle at Dynasty Warzone, and you'll get a retweet, maybe a like, to get you as many people as possible to see it. If you want comments, like if you want my input, Jerry's input, just tag us at DFF Memphis or at Jerry Sin DFF, and that way we can get on there. And instead of retweeting it, we'll uh, jump in your comments and and. Tell you what we're thinking. And then lastly, the last little bit of housekeeping I want to cover is the Listener League. We've already got a couple of people in, but we need at least six more between now and the end of the day on Saturday. So how, how do you get in the Listener League? Uh, not real hard. You just go over to iTunes. If you don't have an account, create an account. Trust me, it's easy. Um, then you go to the Dynasty Warzone, Leave a five-star review leave some kind words, uh, screenshot it, and tag me. I mean, the other people that have done it, one was an iTunes, one was not. Really simple. It's not a daunting task. Just go over there, screenshot it. You can tag me because I'm going to be the one who buys the MFL site because our listener league is not a one-year, uh, like an ESPN-type draft, which is what the Warzone did last year. This is going to be a real dynasty league where we keep this thing together and maybe we can start a new version each and every year but now it's time for a little bit of business now then, on this day right here we gonna start taking care of business want an unfair advantage to nominate your fantasy football league look no further and download squad ql The only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations too. Go to squadql.com to download SquadQL for free. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL. The leading daily fantasy optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. All right guys, time for me to tell you about our friends over at gtbets.eu, where they're currently running a sign-up bonus of up to 100% cash, up to $500 on your first deposit. So that's a dollar for dollar match on your first deposit and up to a 50% deposit, up to 500 on your second deposit. So if you deposit 500, they would match it with 250. That is one of the best, if not the best, deals in all in online gaming you also get a favorite team point discount. So you would get a free half point on two teams in the NFL, two teams in college football, two teams in the NBA, and two college basketball teams for the entire regular season. There's also the double rewards game of the month for August, which is Ogre Empire, which can be found in the five reel 3D slots area. There's a weekly 10% casino rebate and a monthly 15% horse racing rebate. How can you get all this? It's simple, when you go to create your account, in the upper right-hand corner, there's a referred by field. In that referred by field, you simply enter Warzone. That's all one word for the sake of this promo, W-A-R-Z-O-N-E, Warzone in the referred by field, and that lets the folks at GT Bets know that we sent you, and that gets you some of the best deals in the industry. Thanks for checking them out. Alright guys, now that we're past business time, we do want to thank our friends over at SquadQL and GTBets.eu for sponsoring the Dynasty Warzone. But listen, Jerry and I are going to class this place up. Why? Because we have a legit author as our guest tonight. Our guest tonight is a contributor at FantasyPros.com. He is a fellow podcast co-host at the TheUTHDynasty.com. And he is the author of The Analytics of Dynasty. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Jordan McNamara at McNamara Dynasty on Twitter. Jordan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me on. No, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, love it. Yeah, Jerry, we, we've classed the join up. We've got we we've, we've we've had been fortunate enough to have some great writers on the show. We've had Shane Manella. We've had John Dabari, Kyle August of the FFLs, but never an actual author. So. Jordan, what have you authored that uh, allows me to call you an author?
2: Yeah, I'm in the process of writing a book on dynasty football called The Analytics of Dynasty. Uh, it'll be released in January 2019, just in time for startup season. Uh, I have a pre-order going on right now, uh, and it's there's basically 10 days left of the pre-order. If you pre-order bef- um, on or before September 1st, you'll get a copy of the book, and you'll get a one-on-one strategy session with me. It'll give you a preview of some of the tips and strategies from the book, some of the analytics that I've done that I think are can really give you an edge over your opponents, particularly with some stuff in terms of a player acquisition, trading, certain types of players to look at, just making more efficient and smarter roster construction type ideas. We'll get together, we'll do that. I've been talking to folks about trying to do some more of those in season, like to talk about trades and how you should go forward with your team. Um, So you'll get the opportunity to do that. And then um, you'll get the book when it comes out in January. It's 25 bucks. You can pre-order now at analyticsofdynasty.com. There's some content up there. uh, Just some previews of some of the stuff that it'll, some of the type of analysis that will be in the book, just some sort of fun things that I found along the writing process um, that you can take a look at. You can pre-order, like I said, $25 before, or on and before September 1st, and you'll get, we'll get a chance to
0: get together and, uh, and chat one-on-one. Well, that sounds really awesome. And before I ask my first question, I just want to make sure I clarify. This is an e-book because a, a six, less than six-month turnaround for a paperback or a hardback would be quite miraculous in this day and age so it is an ebook it's going to be an ebook what will happen is is i'll
2: get i'll get you a pdf i don't know the exact it, it'll come to the email uh, either through my site or straight through my email account i haven't exactly figured that specific process out yet but it'll be a it'll be in pdf form well i can if tell
1: you I, a phd in analytics of dynasty in a pdf form emailed right to you
0: you should create a wrap you, that, that's your job between now and January. you got to do the promotional wrap for this book, Jerry.
1: Listen, I am from Michigan. I am not far from where Eminem grew up. Do not threaten me with a good time. There
0: you go. He's going <laughs> to put together an, an eight-mile draft. Well, as someone who has bought a few, at least three that come to mind, e-books, I can tell the listener that this is a very handy form because it's always available on your phone via PDF. It's always available on your tablet, Kindle. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I've... Uh, I've done like some fitness books, stuff like that. It's it's a super easy format and it sounds like a really good deal. So my, 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 I guess my first question is, is what was the inspiration that made you decide to write this book?
2: Uh, well, uh, what happened was, is I, I was playing a lot of DFS in 2017 and I just didn't feel like I had a good enough background in it. So what I decided to do was spend basically January and February doing a lot of DFS research. And as I was sort of doing the DFS research, talking about like probabilities and a lot of those type of things about how players produce and what type of players produce, I, I came to find that there was a lot of things that I was finding for, for Dynasty perspective that was very different than, I think, a lot of the common wisdom. Um, so I just started writing some stuff down. And I just basically started typing for probably like three or four weeks. Like I just started typing away just what my thoughts were and um, with no particular aim in mind. And by the time I got done, it was like 50 pages, like in like less than a month. And I was like, wow, I said, there might be something here. So I started talking to some folks. I realized there was some interest. And really, like, there's not a recent book in terms of Dynasty. And one of the things, like, I look at Dynasty football from a more strategic point of view. Um, I think that the players... I think the strategy that you employ in dynasty football is a lot more important than the individual players that you pick. Um, So if you come at it from, you know, we have a hard time selecting players, right? It's just, it's a very difficult thing to do because we have no control over their outcome. You're basically um, playing with a lot of limited information and the hit rates are, are low and the miss rates are, are pretty high. And so if you can come at it from a way that sort of, can change the game on that that you come at it looking at it from a different way and sort of maximizing your efficiencies in terms of how you're making picks i think that it gives you a leg up and an edge up on your your opponents in your leagues so that's sort of what i was finding when i was writing the book and i started talking to folks and there was some interest for it so i said you know what i'm gonna i'm just gonna finish writing this and we'll and uh and i'm gonna release it so the pre-sale has been going on now for I don't know, probably about a month or so. Um, it's been going pretty well, better than I expected. Um, you know, people are interested in it, and I've had like, I've had more fun and learned more stuff talking to folks in like one-on-one strategy sessions. Just in terms of like new ideas for the book and like just different questions that people have. It's been a really great experience in terms of just thinking about how we approach the game and just coming at it from a more effective and efficient way. And I think you can really get an edge on edge on your opponents if you come at it that way so that's really the basis and sort of the i would say like the overarching aim of the book is to really give you a structural and strategic edge over your opponents
0: No, i i think it's great and anytime that you can get any kind of literature study guide anything we're looking for an edge you know when, when there's this many podcasts and this many you know, writers in the industry, that's great. But even if it gives gives you a 1% edge, a 1% edge can be a lot. So that was the question I have. Jerry, do you have any questions for Jordan about the book before we kick off the news?
1: No, I just got a master's just listening to you right there. I mean, good God. If you're not buying this book, I don't know what you're going to do. That was awesome. I am certainly going to buy it because you're the kind of person that I follow on Twitter and it just makes me so much smarter and I love it. I mean, that's why I love this community is just stuff like that. You going out, putting work in and writing a book is not an easy task. And to just do it just as a hobby to start, just you wanted to write down and get things going. And then all of a sudden you went, you know what? I can do this. And I think that's awesome. I think that's so awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And,
2: I mean, in fairness, too, like it's it's got benefits for me in the sense of like, hey, I can spend like my nights downstairs working on fantasy football and like all summer, and like I can tell my wife, hey, you know, I'm working on the book, you know, and then she's, uh,
0: <laughs> it's got some. Uh, That's got nice. mine's, That's in, the, mines the in the other nice. room
1: right now, so we all we all feel you right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, and, and so I'm gonna do all the listeners a solid right now. You've got about an hour of show left. So between now and the end of the show, grab yourself an ink stick, a piece of paper, open up the Notes app on your phone, and be ready because I'm going to give Jordan a chance to recap all of that, where you can get it, when you can get it, how to get the one-on-one strategy session, all of that. So when we go in to wrap up the show, that would be a good time to pull your car off in the side of the road, create notes. If you're at your desk, write this down. That's what we call a writer-downer. You write that down, and then you put it all into... Uh, Into use. So we're going to kick it off with some news. And one of my favorite players, and I can't help it, is Josh Gordon. He returned to the land. And Dez left the land without a contract. So I'm pretty excited about this. I'm still a a Josh Gordon truther. And the reason why is he's only 18 months older than Odell Beckham Jr. And he's only like a handful of months older than DeAndre Hopkins. And he's two and a half years younger than Antonio Brown and uh, A.J. Green. And, you know, he's younger than Thielen. He's younger than T.Y. Hilton. I mean, this guy's still got good years of football left if we can get him on the field. Jordan, where are you at with Josh Gordon?
2: I, I just, at his cost, I don't trust him. And I just can't, like, I, there's just too many questions about him. And if you, like, one of the things that I really look at in terms of in terms of my book and a lot of the research that I've done is I've, I've come to really find out, like, what you should expect from players in certain draft ranges. And if you can sort of, you know, one of the things that I, I really try and aim for is don't miss in the first six rounds, right? If you can not miss in the first six rounds and whether that's taking a guy like Corey Davis that you expect to see an increase in value over the next 12 to 24 months or whether it's, you know, some sustained production from guys early on, like hitting can take numerous different avenues, but you don't want to miss and I just – the the miss, the the odds of missing, there's so many ways that I think that you can miss on Josh Gordon, especially where he's going. I just – you know, he's going in the fourth round. And I just – at that valuation, I mean, you're basically expecting a season and a half of top 24 production of him. Like, that's what the average fourth-round wide receiver produces. I just can't – I can't convince myself that I can get there with, with his – with his profile. It's gonna be a year to year thing. I'm never gonna feel real comfortable. And so I'm out on his cost.
0: Yeah, I understand that. And most of my, my Josh Gordon shares are carryover shares. I didn't get up too many in startup drafts. i just a big fan of the talent and I've got him right. So the next story is kind of three small stories squished together. And that's the minor injuries to guys like Rex Burkhead, Samaje Pirine, and I can't stop saying this guy's name wrong, but it's Jamal Williams, but I'm calling him Jamal Williams uh, of the Green Bay Packers. Jerry, where are you at with these guys' minor injuries? Are are you concerned going into either redraft or to your dynasty regular season with Burkhead Williams or Pirine?
1: I mean I'm not a huge Patriots guy and I know that's super super lazy on my part cuz I know they're always productive and yet I still avoid them every year. But I mean I'm not a uh, Rex Burkhead came back yesterday, so that's not a huge deal to me. Uh the Jamal Williams news. I am an Aaron Jones guy. I know he's suspended and I know Jamal Williams is going to get that look. What I was more is this morning he said that he would retaliate for dirty plays because he got his ankle twisted by the Steelers Vince Williams. Don't do that, Jamal Williams. Just don't do not do that.
0: He's going to fight you.
1: Yeah, like, stop it. You know you got a committee. You need to earn your job. Don't be doing stuff like that. Samaji Piran, that was a good run. Uh, I was a truther for P- Piran last year. Um, yeah, that was a good run. I don't...
0: He I didn't mean, fumble it. You got that going they, for you, which is nice. He didn't
1: fumble it. Uh, but, you know, they, they signed a pretty big name. We're going to talk about it in a little bit. Um, so I don't think he's going to be super relevant, and I don't think the injury will really matter in the long run, but I don't think it's serious. I think he'll still continue to have the same role that he's going to have this year, regardless of the injury or not.
0: I, I agree. And you know what? That was a nice run and there for a hot second. I was excited for Samaj P. Ryan, and he gets up yeah, and I was, I, like, you, know. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, in the same breath, I was like, yes! Are you effing kidding me right <laughs> now? Because we, we keep it clean here on the Warzone. Zone. But this next show, speaking of a guy who is a running back and being held out the rest of the preseason for injury, and that's Jarek McKinnon. I, I mentioned him last week uh, on the Goat District podcast as a guy that I just couldn't get the handle of. I mean, I can see where he could I mean, legitimately have top five upside in a Kyle Shanahan offense. But it's stuff like this, you know, stuff where he couldn't beat out Matt Asiata or – Latavius Murray for Bel cow roles and he's not as young as you think he's 26 years and four months old which is almost identical to Devonta Freeman so Jordan where are you at with with Jarek McKinnon
2: I just can't get on board with his value I mean you look at him he's like a third round startup pick in terms of valuation I mean that's just a clear sell for me um and I look at uh, so I do the training camp reports for football guys for San Francisco. And so I've been watching them and they're just the interior, their offensive line isn't very good. Like they don't have a ton of success running the ball. I get, he's going to be sort of a satellite guy in space and they throw to him and stuff. I I understand that. I just wonder how high the ceiling is. Um, And I just, just a lot of questions. I mean, you look at some of the guys you can take sort of around him. I mean, just the receivers a similar valuation, A.J. Green, Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, I mean, Brandon Cooks, Corey Davis, I mean, just guys in that range, they're just clear targets over Jarek McKinnon at that cost, and again, I just, there's a lot of risk with a guy like McKinnon, and just from a strategy perspective, I wouldn't take that
0: much risk that early uh, in valuation. I agree, and I was doing my research for the show, I was, I don't want to say stunned, but I was not in the know when it comes to him and Freeman are almost identical in the same age that they've you know, been around that long. But it's a, it's a running back world apparently because we're going to Seattle and we're talking about Rashad Penny. He returned to practice and there is word that he could be playing as soon as week four of the preseason. Jerry, are you a Rashad Penny guy and does this news do anything to slow down the hype train that is Car- Chris Carson?
1: Uh, I don't think if a bus drove into a brick wall, it would slow down the Chris Carson hype train. I'm just not on it. I am the mountain that wants to stop the Chris Carson hype train. I mean, he's, uh, he's good. I mean, I like him. I have him on a few teams. I just, I am of the thing and call me crazy. And I know I'm going to get called crazy by people. If you take a running back, Jerry, you are crazy. You want him to play. It's going to take one Chris Carson fumble. It's going to take one game of 11 carries for 36 yards for them to put Rashad Penny in. I just think he's the guy they want to be. And I think they were going to sit him out for the preseason for the most part. I don't think they really want a Darius guy's situation. They don't want to not rely on him. I think he's the guy. And that's why they took him in the first round. So, I just, I mean, it's good that he returned to practice. It's good that it's not a lingering thing. But, it's Chris Carson's going to be a thing that I believe by week 10 we're going to go,
0: oh, yeah, I remember when Chris Carson was a thing. My takeaway from this story is, A, I like the fact that he's out there practicing even though he's injured. He doesn't have to, but he's getting those c- critical reps. And the one nice thing that I can say about Chris Carson is that he is on my list of bridge guys if you draft Mark Ingram or have Mark Ingram and in redraft, or you can get Chris. No, he would yeah, be a good guy. His ADP's good. That's he, what I'm saying. Th-
1: if you're in a redraft, I don't I don't mind it. He because he is good and he, he's shown that he can play in the NFL. I just don't think long term that he's gonna be their guy.
0: I agree. And speaking of long term plays, AJ AJ McCarron up in Buffalo, he may or may not have hurt his collarbone. I don't think it's going to matter. I think Josh Allen is playing well enough and they invested enough in, in him and that he's practicing with the first team after starting with the third team. And it sounds like he's going to start the third preseason game. Jordan, we're, we're just getting familiar with one another, although we followed each other on Twitter for a while. Where are you at with uh, Josh Allen? Are you a Josh Allen truther? Or are you just kind of mediocre or do you not like him at all? <laughs> uh, I'll do anything at the right cost
2: so like i'll be interested in, in any player you know if the cost is right and josh allen to me is that guy this year that i'll be interested in just because of his cost you know you look at a guy that you know you should expect about 60% of round 1 quarterbacks to hit a top 20 a top 12 season right so and if you're getting sort of that chance at even if you think josh allen isn't particularly good if you're getting him in the fourth round of a rookie draft, like that's just a high historical bet based on the running backs and receivers you're getting in that range. So that's like a clear target to me in terms of that valuation. Again, in super flex, like if he's falling to the second round of super flex rookie drafts, like that's just, I mean, that's crazy historical value. I watched the bills game and I'm, I'm a bills fan. And I, I flipped on, like, I'm sort of a disgruntled bills fan because I didn't like Josh Allen coming into the process but I turned the game on and it sort of like Brian Dabo, their offensive coordinator uh, comes from the Belichick coaching tree, comes from the Nick Saban coaching tree, right? He's got a, a good offensive mind on him and he did something that we, we know they should do, but coaches don't do, which is they get their rookie quarterback in the shotgun on first down and, get high percentage throws to him, right? Because we know that first down's like the, the proper, you know, the most efficient time to throw because you're you're a lot of times playing against base defenses, right? I mean, it's just a good, like that's just good strategy. And they were putting him and in investing a lot of sort of efficiency in him. Um, did he look great? No, I don't think so. But I sort of look at the long-term, that type of strategy that they're going to employ with him and, and knowing that they believe in him they're going about it the right way so at his cost i mean you're getting him at quarterback five you're getting a top 10 nfl draft pick in basically the fourth round of rookie drafts like that's an automatic like that should be an automatic pick based on you know a lot of the research from my book
0: that's an automatic pick i agree and i got him in two separate leagues in both super flex leagues at the 309 and two rookie drafts this spring so that's i feel like that's that's criminal. that's criminal yeah, yeah, it's just, exactly right.
2: Like, you have to take that. Like you And, like, you and I cannot like Josh Allen. Like, there's this profile I don't like. Like, uh, you know, a lot of his college metrics, like, not even the accuracy stuff, but just, like, his yards per attempt and all of those, like, rate stats that I really look at, uh, those don't point to success, but his draft pedigree sort of is more important than that. And I'm not saying that the Bills made a good pick, but I'm just saying in terms of the value that you're getting, historically is very good. If you're the third round of a super flex draft, that's a, that's a criminal bargain. Like that's,
0: that's theft. uh, We call that a two eleven. That's a robbery in progress. The one thing, (laughs) the the one thing that I like about Josh Allen is a, that his quarterbacks coach from the time that he left college to the time he got drafted, which was Jordan Palmer had nothing but Mm -hmm. rave reviews that he was the hardest worker that he had you, you just see the effort that he's put in. And if you add up his first two preseason statistics and Baker Mayfields, they are virtually identical. Actually, Josh Allen has completed one more pass on the same number of attempts as Baker Mayfield. No, I'm not saying that Allen and Baker Mayfield are the same guy. But I just think that you can see the progression. And you see some of the big boy throws he's made. So we spent enough time on, on uh, Josh Allen for two shows. So we're going to move on to a quarterback that's got a little bit more cachet behind him. That's Carson Wentz. He has been cleared for 11 on 11s, but it's still really murky whether he's going to play week one. Jerry, where are you at with Carson Wentz, especially as we're going into redraft weekend, which is coming up this coming weekend, the largest redraft weekend of the fantasy season? Where are you at with Carson Wentz? Jerry, are you there?
1: Yeah, I am talking into a muted mic, my friend. Yes,
0: you are, sir. Tell us about Carson (laughs) Uh, Wentz.
1: I mean, he's going as QB7. Uh, 66 overall is his current ADP. So, I mean, yeah, I'll take him. I mean, we're talking about a guy that threw 33 touchdowns in 13 games last year. I mean, the QB7, his injuries built into that. I mean, if... I mean, that's a steal. I mean, I'm not worried. I mean, even if he misses a game or two, good. You want him in the playoffs. You want him when you're trying to make the playoffs. You can, you can come back from a loss or two to start your season. So, yeah, I'm not worried about Carson Wentz at all. It's, it's good that he was cleared for work. It's good that he's th- it's same sort of thing with Andrew Luck. All you need him is you need to just see him on the field because you know he can play the game. You know he can help your fantasy team. Yeah, so if he does miss a week or two, that's okay. Stream a guy for a week or two because if you have Carson Wentz for the whole year, you're going to win some games, and he's going to win you a game or two. So yeah, yeah, I love Carson Wentz is here.
0: You know that, that that's fair and as we're, you know, we're doing some redraft stuff this week and next. You know, if you needed a bridge guy, if you got Carson Wentz at the right value, you could always try to, you know, stream a a Tyrod Taylor or a Ryan Fitzmagic if you will, and hey, speaking of it's magic down there in Tampa, looks like Peyton Barber, Peyton Barber, is pulling away from Ronald Jones as the RB one in Tampa. And today he was criticized by his running backs coach, and he said something to the effect of, "I now understand why he wasn't more involved in the passing game at USC." Jordan, is that a uh, is that a red Ouch. flag for you? Well,
2: it's. I mean, if you paid attention to his game at USC, like you would they would have known that i think um i I don't know i've never been a ronald jones fan like that profile like i just i don't see this explosive athlete like i don't he's not a pass catcher and like how do you if you're not an explosive athlete and you're small and you don't catch passes how do you score fantasy points like it's just it's you know it's it's a lot like what His role projects a lot like what Amir Abdullah was doing last year, where he was like, you know, an early down runner, which just doesn't seem like it is that productive. Um, He's a clear avoid for me. And on the flip side of that, I love Peyton Barber. You know, you talk about big guy, um, you know, has some three down capabilities and you're getting him at a cost. I mean, 14th round of startup drafts and, and Dynasty. I mean, yeah, I'm on. I'm on that. I like him. I think he's, you know, a professional running back. Is he the most dynamic player in the world? No, but I think that he could, I think that offense could be pretty good. And it's a clear fade on, on
0: Ronald Jones. So yeah, I'm, I'm in on Barber at his cost. I I own Barber in currently nine out of 10 dynasty leagues. So I'm, I'm very excited by, 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 by this news and I'm with you. I I didn't see it, and I want to hear guys working hard. I want to hear good things from coaches. When you hear something negative, because coaches never, they they always put coach speak on it. So for someone to come out and out and outright criticize you in the media, that's a big red flag for me. I'll tell you another red flag, and I don't know what it means, is that the Seattle Seahawks offered the Indianapolis Colts a second-round pick for Jacoby Brissett. And I have no idea why, unless they're trying to flip it like, the, like the, Almost like they're playing Dynasty. They're trying to get this Jacoby Brissett asset so in the offseason, maybe they can turn a second-round pick into a first-round pick. And then the Jets allegedly have at least two teams interested in Teddy Bridgewater. So I'm going to go to Jerry. Jerry, where are you at with this weird, and it was reported by the Boston Globe, by the way. I believe his name was, is Brett Viola, who reported the Jacoby Brissett news. And then allegedly two teams interested in Teddy Bridgewater. What are you thinking there, Jerry?
1: Jim Irsaye. Got to set the briefcase down. and You got to snap that deal. If you get a second for Jacoby Brissett when you have Andrew Luck, and he's healthy, and he's playing, take the second-round pick, man. I mean, maybe it's because I'm a Lions fan, and we have the worst backup quarterbacks in the world, so maybe that's just what I see when I watch football. But, yeah, I would have taken a second for Jacoby Brissett in a heartbeat. Uh, As far as Teddy Bridgewater, he looks pretty good. I mean... I mean, it depends what you're offering, but I mean, if you need a quarterback, there's some poopy quarterbacks in this league, so if you can get him, I have never been the biggest Teddy Bridgewater guy, and when your knee ends up turning into mush, that's sort of a red flag, but if you can get him for something, I mean, I don't hate it, I don't hate it, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to bash any teams for wanting Teddy Bridgewater.
0: No, the quarterback's a tough position, and I kind of would have got the interest in Jacoby Brissett had it been like Cincinnati or Miami, or someone like that. But for Seattle, with arguably the second-best quarterback in the game and Russell Wilson behind, at least from a fantasy standpoint, with Aaron Rodgers, that one just struck me as odd. But I think it's a, a not a bad move by the Colts because, yes, Andrew Luck's back on the field, but you want to see him get through a full season. And this and next year's quarterback class is not hot, nowhere near this quarterback class. So if there's a team really desperate for a quarterback, maybe you could turn that second – into a first next year because uh, I think it's Herbert, the young man from one of the Oregon colleges. I'm not a big college guy. I usually wait till geniuses like Matt Waldman tell me who to draft, and then I do my research. But, listen, we got one more story, and that is a Hall of Famer. He's just waiting five years to get his gold jacket, and that is Adrian Peterson has signed in Washington. Jordan, what does this do for the running back situation in Washington and out of him, Kelly P. Ryan. And I think I know who the answer is. Who do you want in this backfield in Washington D.C.? I, it's probably Peterson. Um,
2: you know, I just don't think they're sold on P. Ryan. Um, I don't. I think Peterson's cost is really low. Um, you know, it, it depends. It's probably either him. It's either him or chris thompson I, I would say um i think that i think p ryan i just have a bad feeling of p ryan there i just don't think he's messed well with their coaching staff just in terms of every every action that they've done it just doesn't point to him being a guy for them um so yeah i'm interested in peterson like peterson is the type of he really fits into how i like to build my rosters with sort of a lot of running backs on the back end so that you can uh you can play matchups you can do that sort of thing right hot hands all of that stuff um i think those decisions become apparent in season um pretty good when you have a lot of running backs so he fits sort of into that type of build for me
0: yeah i did agree. you hear that sign
1: did you hear the sigh before he started talking though i yeah. mean that told you everything you needed out of that backfield that's he, an <laughs> ugly
0: situation Bowling's yeah, so like, ugly.
1: like i'll i'll answer you randy to not be mean
0: but <laughs> i don't want to nobody wants to talk about the uh the, the Washington running back thing. So listen, I know that was a bit of a long news segment, but this th- that, that is to be expected during camp. And that, you know, covers some injuries, some some player buzz. But now we're going to move into a segment called Favorites and Fakes. And this this is for the 2018 redraft series. We did this last week. We did the mock draft with all those podcast hosts and writers and analysts. We did some theories and some best practices that Jerry and I use for redraft. But this is simply a segment of, you know, favorites, guys that we're maybe going to draft around early um, at their ADP to make sure that we get them because we believe in them this year. And then, you know, guys that we're calling fakes or guys that were you know, like Jordan worded it the best. There's never a do-not draft list. You should never, ever, never, ever have a do-not draft list. But you certainly have guys that you are less interested in based on their current ADP. So I'll go, I'll go through my favorites real quick, and then I'll throw it to one of the fellows over here. Uh, my favorites for 2018 include Phillip Rivers, who is currently being drafted around 118th overall. This is amazing value at a quarterback position with nothing but a solid pedigree of QB1 upside. I know he lost Hunter Henry, but he's still got Melvin Gordon. He's still got Keenan Allen. I still like Terrell Williams, and if you watched that play the other night with Mike Williams, the second-year player out of Clemson, the weapons in San Diego are just San Diego. L.A., sorry. Still still San Diego to me, the Super Chargers. But uh, <laughs> one thing, and my next player is Melvin Gordon, and I can tie these two together with the fact that I love, love, love that Chargers defense, and I think they're going to create a lot of short fields. A lot of short fields means a lot more opportunities for scores, so... That could benefit both Melvin Gordon. He is currently going at uh, 15th. This is according to ESPN ADP this week. He is going 15th overall, and I think that is criminal. He is going behind Dalvin Cook. I know we all love Dalvin Cook, but he's got a four-game sample size, and Melvin Gordon's given you an RB7 and an RB5 finish the last two years. I know his yards per play isn't great. But I couldn't pass up that value in in the first round, especially if I'm in the back end or on the turn. I think that's great. My wide receiver favorite this year, uh, his ADP, is Nelson Aguilar. He's going 122nd overall, 44th wide receiver off the board. And I can't figure out why. This is the guy who was the wide receiver 22 last year in PPR. So basically, you're getting a 50% discount. You're getting the wide receiver 22 at the wide receiver 44 prices. Alshon, we don't know if he's going to start on the pup. Uh, I, I don't think it matters who the quarterback is. I think he's going to be implemented. It's a PPR world. I love it. And then last, and certainly not least, is the man with the mullet, Tyler Eifert. You know they're limiting they're limiting his snaps in Cincinnati, and I'm cool with that. Um, I don't need him on the on the field to run block for Joe Mixon or Giovanni Bernard. I just want him to get back to that being that red zone threat and being another option in the red zone for. Andy Dalton, and you look at some of the pieces around him, hopefully the emergence of Joe Mixon. I I see big things for John Ross. So those are my four guys that I will draft about a roundup to make sure I get them in all my redraft leagues, and uh, I'm going to record some redrafts that I'm doing over the course of the next couple of weeks to drop as bonus shows for you guys. So, again, my favorites are Rivers, Melvin Gordon, Nelson Aguilar, and Tyler Eifert. So before I throw, I'm gonna throw it to Jordan first because he's a guest. Sure, we'll let, let him before me. But you know, uh, Jordan, what do you think about my list? And then give us your favorites for 2018.
2: I kind of, I mean, I like the Eifert. I like Eifert. I think that is, is it the mullet?
1: I I actually wanted to pick Eifert too, but Randy beat me to it.
2: Well, here's the good part about a guy like Eifert. Just again, optimizing your strategy on how you build your roster. Like, I think it'll probably become pretty clear early on whether he can play or not, right? You and I like those sort of decisions. Like, I don't want to have to wait four, five, six, seven weeks to see if a player is, you know, is going to develop into a role. Like, if I turn on the game film the first couple weeks and it's just evident that Tyler Eifert can't move, we can cut him um but again here's a guy who's got good tight end touchdown upside like that offense should take a pretty big step forward i think off of where it was last year i mean i i sort of like that type of investment quite a bit and honestly rivers it tell me last year wasn't like the quietest quarterback like the the quietest quarterback that has finished with the second most passing yards in the nfl like, Rivers finished almost just, like, right behind. He almost passed Brady in terms of how many passing yards he threw for. And I don't think anyone, like, if you polled people, I don't think anyone would think it was Rivers.
0: Yeah, and and he just, he's on that no-respect team, him and Matthew Stafford. They do nothing but give you QB1 seasons and people mm-hmm. are drafting him as, like, QB 12, QB 15. We mentioned the word criminal earlier. That's criminal. So, Jordan, who are the guys that, that you're targeting in your redrafts? I know you're a dynasty expert, a dynasty author, but, but who are you looking for for redraft this year that you're going to maybe draft a, a round to a half a round early?
2: My dark horse pick to win the NFL MVP this year is Matthew Stafford. You can get him as quarterback 10 at 96 overall. Give me that. Um, that offense, uh, his – fit with Marvin Jones is perfect in terms of they complement each other uh, extraordinarily well. Um, You have a a solid dependable golden Tate. And even the news that Kenny Galladay is bumping outside to play in two wide receiver sets, like they run so many, they run so much 11 personnel. I'm not really worried about it in terms of golden Tate. Like, and you add basically what you're losing in terms of Ebron, you should probably gain a good chunk of that with, uh, you know, Kenny Galladay should gain a good chunk of that usage, considering their tight ends are, um, you know, isn't a strength of their passing game. You know, you've got good, you've got good passing. Catching options out of the backfield and Riddick, and we'll see what happens with Abdullah. But I like carry on Johnson quite a bit. Like their offensive lines improved. He was playing at an elite level before he got hurt last year, and then his mobility was just sapped. But I'm a big fan of Matthew Stafford, Dynasty. I'm a big fan of him in redraft, especially where you can get him 96 overall. Um, my running back this year, uh, Jamal Williams at 36, running back 36, 81 overall. I mean, that's. That's comically low, in my opinion. Um, Here's you look at the Green Bay offense last year. They had six weeks of top four running back finishes. Uh, Ty Montgomery, Aaron Jones, and Jamal Williams each had two. Uh, Jamal Williams was playing well with basically a bad offense when Aaron Rodgers was out. Aaron Jones comes back. He keeps the job um, through the rest of the season comes into the offseason, has put on some muscle. Um, Aaron Jones is going to be out the first couple weeks. I just don't really believe in the positional convert type of idea with Ty Montgomery. And so I'm left with Jamal Williams sort of being an all-purpose back, not necessarily the most dynamic player, but he can do everything to a competent degree. And sometimes I think we undervalue just that basic competence in terms of you put him next to – Aaron Rodgers in an offense. And I think that he's like the, when Green Bay a few years ago drafted Eddie Lacey, what they envisioned him to be able to do is what Jamal Williams can do to defenses, you know, can sort of, can run against light boxes, can run against nickel uh, defenders and, and nickel defense packages. I think that he's a really good fit for what they want to do as a team. And you're getting him. I mean, you're getting, I think, top 12 upside at, Outside of the eight top eighty picks, I mean that's that's pretty good for me in terms of value. Um, you want me to keep going?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Give me all okay. four years, and then I'm going to throw it to Jerry.
2: All right, let me let me before I say my next one, let me ask you guys a question: Who do you think has a like has a stabler floor? Larry Fitzgerald or Brandon Cooks?
0: I would assume in PPR it would be Larry Fitzgerald.
2: Yep. Over the past two years, Brandon Cooks has more top 24 weeks than Larry Fitzgerald. Um, That is absolutely outside of any narrative that you would consider, you know, because Larry Fitzgerald's, quote unquote, a high floor guy. Um, Brandon Cooks has finished no worse than wide receiver 15 over the past two years and uh, over the past three years. Excuse me. Um, His floor has been 65 catches, about 1,050 yards receiving and eight touchdowns. And, you know, there's concerns about there being spread around problems with the Rams. He played the last those three seasons with New Orleans and with uh, New England, two offenses that are known to spread the ball around. So I don't have those concerns about him. I suspect that he will. I mean, he's going at wide receiver 19. He hasn't finished that low in the wide receiver finishes since his rookie year. He's going at 43 overall. And I, I really like that valuation on him. And if I'm going bargain shopping at tight end, Charles Clay is the 20th tight end outside the top 200 picks. You look at tight end production. I think there's really a couple ways to go about it. You get an elite quarterback where their offense doesn't have a true number one wide receiver, or you go with sort of an offense that looks like it's in shambles, but has a tight end that's a clear lead option. And that really fits Charles Clay. Um, I look at that offense and I'm not sure how they put 500 passing attempts together unless a hundred of them are going to Charles Clay and they're going to have to throw the ball. Cause they're probably going to be behind. They've shown the, the willingness to be aggressive with Josh Allen early on in preseason. Like I think there's a lot of positive indicators pointing towards their offense and an offense that I guess would be predicted to finish in the bottom three in the league. Like there's positive indicators that point to it being better than that. And I think that Charles Clay would have to be the person that it really gets a good chunk of that offense so charles clay is a a key for me
0: well i i think that you showed up as a guest but i think you're going to leave leave with a friend because anyone that says positive things about any of the lions winds up being good friends with jerry so jerry (laughs) tell us what you think about jordan's quartet of stafford of Jamon williams brandon cooks and chuck clay and then give us your four guys that you're picking up uh slightly early in redraft
1: do you know I loved the Matthew Stafford pick?
0: I, I don't know you are so write. predictable. I could read you like a cheat book.
1: I don't know how people watch Matthew Stafford play. And you know what's crazy? And I'm, I'm going to give you guys a little inside information on the horrendousness of Michigan area sports fans. They were talking about how Jake Rudock could potentially take over for Matthew Stafford. Don't ever listen to Detroit sports radio because you will just get dumber. But, no, love the Stafford pick. And I've been talking to Randy about Brandon Cooks the last couple of episodes. I I just, I like him, man. And I've never been a Brandon Cooks guy this year. I'm going crazy. Uh, Charles Clay, it, like you said, like, I don't know. You're right. If you're going to get 500 passing attempts, you got, I mean, Kelvin Benjamin, that's all fine and dandy. But, I mean, Charles Clay's the guy that's going to be good for you.
0: Right, right uh, now, I'm going to cut you off and say right now, you put them on a scale. Who weighs more, Chuck Clay, Kelvin Benjamin? <laughs> I, I'm I charging by make, the
1: pound. <laughs> I don't even want to make that. It, see, it depends on it, how much they ate that day because it's close.
0: It, Got to be because uh, I always say Kelvin Benjamin's a biscuit shy of 300 pounds. So, Jerry, <laughs> give us your four favorites, and then I'll jump into uh, the guys that I'm fading or uh, I'm calling fakes. You
1: know what? Jordan went with my guy, Matthew Stafford. I'm going to go with your guy, Andrew luck qb9 82 overall we've seen him be qb2 qb3 in that range and you're getting him at qb9 are you serious i mean it, give me andrew luck that's easy a guy that i like and a lot of people don't really love and i get it he's because he exploded the moment he got into the league he was never supposed to be the guy and he exploded and he sort of just trickled down a little worse every year Devonta Freeman. I just—I Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure he has a running back one season, a running back one season, then a running back two season. If I'm wrong, correct me, but it's he not. He was the off. running
0: back one overall two years ago, the running back six in 16, and then last year he finished as 13 on basically 13 games.
1: Yeah, so essentially three RB1 seasons. And hes just, I feel like people just don't love him. And I, I don't get it. I mean, I get as... His season last year was not as good as it's been. He still had eleven hundred yards and eight touchdowns, and that was with only one receiving touchdown. That's I mean, that's that's got to increase. So that was my guy there. Another guy that I have never owned in a fantasy league, but I am still buying him this year, Will Fuller. He's going late. And in the four games that he played with Deshaun Watson, seven touchdowns. Four games. I'm. I'm gonna give me a LeBron James for a second. Not one. Not two. Not three. Not four. Not five. Not six. This man got seven in four games. Even if he does half of that, you're gonna be doing backflips. So, um, it, and he's going late. He's not a guy that you're getting for super expensive. As far as the tight end goes, I actually wanted Tyler Eifert. Like I said earlier, I'm going Kyle Rudolph. Just because my man Kirk Cousin, that Spartan dog. He loves throwing to tight ends. I don't. I don't know. I just—he's my gut feeling. I don't. If I was Jordan, I could give you an awesome answer about why I want Kyle Rudolph. I just—I'm gambling, and I just like him, and he's gonna be my guy this year.
0: Well, I, I like all those, and much like you, the the fastest way to get me on your good to get on my good side is to say nice things about Andrew Luck because I'm a Colts fan. I live just north of Indianapolis in the suburbs here. And Andy Luck is my guy, with or without porn stash. Um, as far as Kyle Rudolph, don't don't discount the the uh, inclusion of the new offensive coordinator John D. Filippo. He was the red zone coordinator last year for the Eagles, and look how he implemented Kyle. I'm excuse me, Zach Ertz in the in the red zone there in Philly. So I could see some good things, especially in the red zone, because we all like Diggs and Thielen, but they're not as big a red zone threat as. As Rudolph. That's a big man. So I I, I like those calls. I'm going to hit my fakes real quick. And again, guys, this is not about their dynasty value. This is about me in 2018 for redraft purposes because we're doing a small redraft series. But I'm fading Deshaun Watson. He is going as the 51st player overall and I, I just can't take him at the the, the start of the fifth round. I, I love it. Uh, I heard John McClain. He is a Houston Chronicle beat writer on the Aussie Guys podcast this weekend. Uh, no one got my joke when I mentioned Nakatomi Towers, but that's okay. I, 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 I like the interview. I like the, the Aussie guys. They do a great job with their preview series, but he he did the math, and if Deshaun Watson had played an entire 16-game season. It would have translated to 43 passing touchdowns and six rushing touchdowns, 49 total scores. So I can get why the the industry is hype on him. I just don't trust his health, and I would much rather wait and get like uh, like an Andrew Luck or a and, and even he's got risk with his shoulder. But even, again, my guy, Phil Rivers or Jordan's guy, Matthew Stafford. I'm a big Matthew Stafford guy. Marlon Mack. and Stafford! Yes, yeah, Stafford. We're going to get a Stafford sounder. I'm going to have you make one. Uh, is Marlon Mack. And this could really be Marlon Mack slash Jordan Wilkins slash Naheem Hines. At their current ADP, I would much rather, I mean, I could see one of them having value, but where you have to draft them, I would much rather, you know, get a James White. Or a Nick Chubb, who's being drafted in a similar ADP area as Marlon Max on the past. The next one might shock some people because he's the only show in town, but that's Doug Baldwin. I like Doug Baldwin, but there's no Jimmy Graham. And he really needs a Tyler Lockett, Amara Darbo, uh, Nick Vanette. He needs someone to step up and take some pressure off of him because he's already got two games against Patrick Peterson. We know he's going to see either Aqib Tlaib or Marcus Peters twice in L.A. And this is a guy who only had two 100-yard receiving games last year. You know, he was very boom-bust. So if I was going to have Doug Baldwin, it would be much more likely for me to own Baldwin than like a best ball. And then this next one's really going to maybe ruffle some feathers now. In Dynasty, I'd love to have him, but that's Evan Ingram. I just think there's an awful lot of mouths to feed there in – in New York. For you. I'm sorry, buddy. But, you know, where, where he's going right now is 61st overall, or basically the first pick of the sixth round. I would much rather wait a round or a round and a half and get guys like Kyle Rudolph, your guy, or Delaney Walker. It's, it's not about that. I would much rather, because, you know, guys in that, that same range, you know, I would much rather have the value of a Chris Hogan there, a Mark Ingram there, and then, again, go back around later and try to scoop a a Kyle Rudolph or a Delaney Walker. So I like Evan Ingram. Also, if you listen to Jeff Ratcliffe of PFF, uh, Evan Ingram has one of the top three toughest schedules for tight ends in all of Dynasty this year. You had in the return of Odell Beckham. You had in the hopeful progression of Sterling Shepard, and then there's this rookie running back they drafted. Maybe you've heard of him, a little fella named Saquon Barkley. So I just don't know where where his you know seat in the in the pecking order is. So those are the guys that I'm fading or calling fakes for redraft this year. I just I just can't pull the trigger at those prices. Jordan, what do you think about my fakes? And then give us four guys from you real quick.
2: Yeah, I'm in on uh, my fake was Deshaun Watson for a lot of the reasons you said. And one of the things, too, I think that people underappreciate sort of we have this perception of how good Deshaun Watson was last year. Um, And he was very good, but he was on pace for four hundred and sixty six attempts over 16 games like there's just no way that those rates are going to remain as high as they were like, and they weren't a high volume passing offense. Um, and actually if you look at, if you actually do a deep dive on how they scored, like Lamar Miller was a top eight back during that period of time. Like they were putting up huge numbers, but I, it just isn't repeatable. Um, if you want to bet on Deshaun Watson this year, take Lamar Miller at his cost. I think that that's really something that, uh, um, I think benefited him big time last year being with Deshaun Watson. Um, so he's. I'm with him. Um, my fade at running back. We talked about him earlier. Jarek McKinnon, 16th running back off the board, uh, according to uh, Fantasy Pros, in the third round. I just can't. I just can't do that. I mean, I just. I would rather take receiver there. Right, receiver is going to beat running back in that type of range of the draft, and you can get a lot of these other guys later on that I think can have most of, if not more production than McKinnon will a guy like Jamal Williams, for instance, or Lamar Miller, even, um, you know, going back and at like Watson's cost, like people that are going in that range just to finish on, just to go back to Watson for a second, like Brandon cooks, Larry Fitzgerald, Damaris Thomas, like, um, you know, Lamar Miller, like all of those guys, like Derrick Henry, if you're on Derek Henry, like those guys are going in the same range. Like a lot of this is in terms of the opportunity costs, like just you have, Watson has to be that good. And there's just no, I just don't believe that that's going to happen. So, um, you know, McKinnon's the same way. A lot of those players you could substitute in for McKinnon. I would take them. Um, at receiver, uh, going right next to, right in the same range as Watson, Juju Smith Schuster, 17th wide receiver, 41 off the board. Um, again, Cooks, Fitzgerald, Demarius Thomas in that range. Lamar Miller's a running back I like uh, over Juju Smith Schuster. Juju Smith Schuster last year finished with the 79 targets, the least amount of targets for a top 24 receiver in the past decade. You just can't, you know, that offense is going to run through Antonio Brown. It's going to run through uh, Le'Veon Bell and he's going to be the third option. Like there's just no way he can be as efficient as he was last year. Like, could he see a bump up 20 plus targets? Yes, probably, but still that's outside of the range for a top 12 receiver. Historically top 12 or top 24 receivers historically have finished with an average of 123 targets. You just got to – like, that's just a – that's a, expecting a lot of efficiency. And you're basically drafting him at his ceiling there. And I don't like to draft players at their ceiling, uh, especially when you're basing it on that much efficiency. Um, Zach Ertz, as tight end three, would be my guy. You know, I just – That offense is probably not going to be as efficient as it was last year. Uh, I have concerns about Wentz's – how healthy Wentz will be. Like, I think he'll play. I just – I wonder how effective he'll be, Um, whether or not he's fully back. I I don't expect that in 2018. Uh, And, you know, just the range in which you're taking Zach Gertz, It's just too high for me. You're basically again banking on that huge efficiency, and those are prime bounce, those are prime regression candidates. So I would fade Zach Ertz.
0: Well, I do like that list, especially because someone as smart as you agreed with me on the Deshaun (laughs) on the Deshaun Watson take. And again, guys, we like Deshaun Watson the player. We're just talking for redraft in the 2018 season as the QB two off the board. That's a little too rich for Jordan in my blood. Jerry, do you agree with us and give us your uh, your fades or fakes, if you will?
1: Yeah, the, there's not a way that Deshaun Watson keeps up what he did last year. I know I did my LeBron James thing, but even if Will Fuller got me seven touchdowns through the whole year, I'd be happy. Uh, I love the Juju pick. I think Juju is just being so crazily overrated. I don't even know if crazily
0: is a word. It is now. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't know. We got I an did, author on that. We got an author on the line. Will you allow yeah,
1: it? Yeah, right. Um I just I I loved that one. That was my favorite one. If, if you guys saw the smile on my face when he said Juju. As far as McKinnon goes, I was super huge on McKinnon until I saw his redraft ADP. So I'm with you on that. Third round, no. Zach Ertz is, we're going to get to my fakes. Zach Ertz is my tight end. Uh, he's going 35 overall in the ADP right now. I can get Zach Rudolph at 79. Zach Rudolph, he I plays basketball
0: guy, for the for the Memphis Grizzlies. I think he means Zach. You, you combined him into one guy God. who's actually a basketball player. But keep going.
1: He, he was a Michigan State Spartan, so I got I got the Spartans in my head. Uh Kyle Rudolph, last year. Okay, so Zach Ertz, twenty seventeen. Seventy four catches, eight hundred and twenty four yards, eight touchdowns. Twenty sixteen, Kyle Rudolph, eighty three catches, eight hundred and forty yards, seven touchdowns. They're the same. I can get him for fifty picks later. It, Evan Ingram, I can get him 30 picks later. He had two less touchdowns, 10 less catches. I mean, Zachary Um, We're going to flip back around. We're going to go to my quarterbacks. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, QB 11. I don't like it. I don't like it. I can get Stafford, who's proven that he's better. I can get Matt Ryan later. I can get your guy, Phillip Rivers. Phil, He's QB 14 right now. It, I think that's crazy. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's he's like Deshaun Watson with like a broken leg. It, value wise, he's he's you only have a small sample size. He just hasn't done the things that Deshaun Watson does. I think where he's going right now is sort of crazy. So, so you're not falling not, for the banana and the tailpipe? No, not absolutely the tailpipe. not. The, the one that might not make me a lot of friends right about now. Christian McCaffrey is just. He's going so early. He's going so early. I don't think they brought in C.J. Anderson for no reason. I know he looks jacked in that picture in the locker room, and I know he looked good in his run. He looked so good in his run. Don't get me wrong. I'm just not counting on him right there. I think there's a lot of guys in that area that I would prefer to him. Uh, there's a lot of wide receivers that are falling this year. People just hate non wide receivers this redraft season. Um, as my wide receivers go... It's a guy that's not, he's not like a superstar. He's not great. But people love Devin Funches for some reason, and I'm just not on it. He just, he's he got stone hands. He's not awesome. DJ Moore's there. They drafted him early. I just. Is that because he's a
0: Wolverine? Uh,
1: you know, here's the thing. I feel, I feel a bias. Not, it, bias he cake. was awesome at Michigan. He was awesome at Michigan. And I liked him at Michigan. There's a few guys that I liked at Michigan. Devin Funches is one of them. He's just not a guy like in Carolina. And we're talking about Cam Newton, who's just, he's never been the best passer in the world. He's never been, when it gets to the red zone, what do you want? You want a big wide receiver that you can throw a fade to. But in Carolina, Cam Newton just lowers his shoulder and goes to town. So I know I'm picking on the Carolina fans, and I'm sorry. I still think you guys have a good team. I just don't love Christian McCaffrey. I don't love Devin Funchess. Please, guys, make fun of me. Tell
0: me I'm dumb for those takes. I, I'm not going to tell you that you're that you're dumb because um, we're getting ready to move into another segment uh, where we're all going to tell you uh, one thing that we took away from preseason two that was overreaction. But before we do that, we have a very special guest intro. So just one second. Welcome to Overreaction Theater. Where everything you see in the preseason deserves immediate reaction. Ah, I feel so sophisticated. I feel so sophisticated with the with the host of Overreaction Theater, Lord Bigglesworth. So Overreaction Theater is a little segment that that we're doing to where you saw it. My my Overreaction Theater play of the preseason was the one that Jerry just mentioned was the 71-yard touchdown rush by Christian McCaffrey. Hey, that's cool. By the way, if you didn't see the mean tweet by Andamakansu after that happened, it was it was pretty funny. But guys, I, I like Christian McCaffrey. I said last week that I thought he will be a safe wide I mean, excuse me running back ten to fifteen throughout the course of his career. But I I don't ever see him cracking that. And if you really think that he can handle twenty five give or take touches a week, you're kidding yourself. At two hundred and five pounds. He, I do not think that he can physically between the tackles handle that kind of workload. He put on five pounds. Great. That play was cool. He busted he bounced that thing one time. He got to the outside and he blew past the secondary, and it looked great. But it's it, it it's, did look great. It's preseason. It's preseason week two. Don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. Uh, you know, don't forget that he's his his. I think it's Matt Khalil. I don't know which tackle he plays right or left, but. He had his knee scope today. He's going to be week to week. He lost his other tackle earlier in the season. He lost his Pro Bowl guard to the Jaguars in the offseason. That offensive line is shot. Jerry already mentioned Cam Newton just vulturing touchdowns. They didn't bring in C.J. Anderson for no reason. Don't overreact to what is perceived hype by, oh, he's going to get 25 to 30 to 30 touches that's 400 and four to 480 touches on a season it doesn't work that way for a guy who weighs 205 pounds if he gets that many touches he'll be on ir by week six don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe that was uh the offseason of christian mccaffrey jerry what is your overreaction theater season um, excuse me moment of week two of the preseason
1: nick chubb 11 carries 53 yards and a touchdown the
0: hell you say I
1: know the dynasty community is not going to like me when this is all said and done. And and, I like Nick Chubb for dynasty. Don't get me wrong. Carlos Hyde is not going to be the guy there. Carlos Hyde is the guy this year. Uh, Nick Chubb got one carry in the first half. One. And that was the very last drive before halftime. And you look at Carlos Hyde, what he did, he got all of the work in the first half. Nine carries, 64 yards, 7.1 yards, average, and a touchdown. He's the guy, and then he sat in the second half. That just seems like he's the guy that's going to be there. If you're in the redrafts, redrafts, maybe if you want to package somebody, you take uh, Mark Ingram, who's suspended, or someone like that, and you want to get a backfield, then maybe Carlos Hyde and Nick Chubb. But as far as Nick Chubb by himself, I'm not doing it. Sorry, Jordan. Your uh, well,
0: overreaction well, Before I throw it to Jordan, because I want to let Jordan give us his overreaction guy, and this is the point of the program where it's a good time to pull over, get that note app fired up, get that ink pen, because Jordan's going to tell you his overreaction moment of week two. But I wanted to touch on Nick Chubb. I- I'm a big fan, but you're absolutely right. Carlos Hyde looked like a million bucks. And don't forget his Todd Todd Haley is his offensive coordinator. I don't want to say Todd Haley has created bell cow backs, but you look at the majority workload that one running back gets in a Todd Haley offense, whether it was Jamal Charles, whether it's been Le'Veon Bell, I have a feeling that if Tyrod Taylor and Carlos Hyde come out hot in the first couple of weeks, it may be maybe later rather than sooner before we see Baker and Nick Chubb. Not to mean that they won't be great assets for Dynasty down the road, but as far as the 2018 season, it could be a while and it may require an injury to one or both of those guys before Baker and Chubb make the field. So I agree with Jerry. Jordan, please tell us what was your overreaction moment of preseason week two. And then please, one more time, tell us all about the book, where to find it, all those good things.
2: Yeah, I'm team underreaction, so not a lot really moves my uh, moves the needle in In the preseason, but I'll say that one of the things that I saw that I think people overreacted to was Mike Williams, and Mike Williams hasn't taken a first team like rep in preseason yet. And uh, you know that offense was out there clicking with the starters in in week two of the preseason. Rivers was out there, Melvin Gordon was out there, and the receivers, their three receivers that were out there were. Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, and Travis Benjamin was in the slot, uh, and Philip Rivers has like the utmost confidence in Tyrell Williams. Like you just saw, like he just was running, uh, sort of for his life, and just threw a prayer in the direction of Tyrell Williams, and Tyrell Williams caught it. So. Uh, Mike Williams' touchdown catch was nice. It was one target. He saw it in, uh, you know, with the second team, and he has been a backup. Like he in the first preseason game, like he played extensively with the backups. He played a lot longer than you would imagine someone that would be in the starter conversation would play. So there's a lot of smoke coming to the fact that Mike Williams is a concern for me right now. Um, I'm off him in redraft. Um, I'm not saying that he's a a sell in Dynasty, but I think that he's a potential buy low, kind of like you guys were talking about with Chubb. Like uh, that conversation about Chubb and really like you can talk about Penny the same way and really Michelle, like if they get off to slow starts, like those guys are classic buy lows. And I think, like, just sort of the way, and, you know, we're not necessarily great at predicting what will happen in terms of what the NFL is going to do uh, in season. But I think, like, those type of stories set up well for being potential by-lows. Um, so I would definitely recommend that, especially with a guy like Penny. Like, first-round running backs hit, like, 45% of the time they hit in round one. And 90% of the time they hit uh, – of them hit for at least one top 24 season. Um, And basically one of the people that hasn't hit was an injury, David Wilson. So it's a high likelihood that he hits and he's going to be a classic by low, I think in season.
0: Well, I I like that as well. Um, Well, listen, guys, thank, thank you for overreaction theater. We'll bring that back for weeks three and four of the preseason And I want to thank Jordan for coming on, classing the joint up a little bit with an actual author in the war zone. But he is one of uh, a few more guests we're going to have this off season. Uh, Look forward to some more. But Jordan, before we take this thing home, please tell these fine folks again all about your book, where they can find it, what they get with it, the pre-order dates. We need all the details. Educate.
2: Yeah, so thanks for having me on, guys. I hope that, you know, some of the things that I talked about in this is some of the things that you'll get from my book um, you know, there's some more, dy- a lot more dynasty strategy in there, but some of the things that I've talked about are form a, a good basis of the book. Um, yeah, you can find the book analytics of Um, the analytics of dynasty will be released in January, 2019, just in time for your, uh, startup drafts in 2019. If you pre-order honor before September 1st, you'll get, uh, the locked in price of $25 and you'll get a one-on-one strategy session. We'll get together. We'll chat, uh, some general strategy. Um, they've been going, I've been having a lot of fun talking to folks. Um, and I think that they've been productive. I think folks have liked it. Um, we've been able to, some of the trades I've seen that have happened afterwards have, uh, made me feel good about how the strategy sessions are going. So, um, you can sort of, uh, get that type of analysis, uh, with me one-on-one and, uh, yeah, analyticsofdynasty.com honored before September 1st, $25. You get the book and the strategy session. Um, and if you have any questions or anything, hit me up on Twitter at McNamara Dynasty. Um, and actually, if you check out this, the website, analyticsofdynasty.com, there's some content up there, stuff about that Brandon Cook's Larry Fitzgerald sort of me. I wrote an article about that and sort of the perception on him Um, a lot of the things that I've seen in my book is a lot of the narratives surrounding fantasy football are wrong and I think if we can sort of identify those and profit off them it's a great opportunity and you can check out there's a handful of articles up there that you can check out that sort of gives you an insight into my thinking
0: well I, I appreciate you coming on and it's a bargain at twice the price Jerry what do you got for these fine people before we before we go home Buy Jordan's book. No Buy Jordan. Jordan's ah. book, and and I will be back on kind of a solo mission on Friday. So, a concept that I've had all off season is how to make the fantasy widow in your life in your life's better. You know, my my wife and I have been married; will be 14 years in October, and she's agreed begrudgingly agreed to come on the podcast. I'm going to ask her questions about wh- how to make things better. For your non, no, there, there are some wives and husbands and significant others out there that don't play or they play together in the same league. I'm in a redraft league with a couple of husbands and wives, and it's great. But for that non-football playing spouse or significant others, you know, what are some things that work? What, what are they looking for from us? What can we do to be a better husband, a better wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever? How can we make that better? So that will be me. And my lovely wife, Lauren, on Friday, who just a little quick bonus, check that out. So on behalf of Jerry, and again, thank you to Jordan for joining us. I am Memphis, and we will see you next week.
1: Now they wanna sit in my car Now they wanna count my G's Roll with me and
0: Candy car Now they used to love to diss me Now they rush to hug and kiss me Now they telling all their friends When I leave how they miss me Now 281-330-8004 Hit my
2: dogs up on the low